Hi, I'm Rami. And I'm Shannon, and this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy, but without a whole new degree. Because who the heck has time for that? Not me. <laughs> no. Rami, no, no. this week we were talking about one of my favorite books, The Alchemist. And this is one of those books that I've told myself I want to read it once a year, every year. But I've only read it once in reality. But for me, it was just that profound and that impactful. So I'm so glad you brought this to the table today. What and do you short. Yeah, it is short. I think it is one. There, There's another book. I think it was a friend of mine gave me the idea of like, read the same book every year as a way to like start your year. He reads Man's Search for Meaning, which is another beautiful, powerful book. But for me, it would probably be The Alchemist. So it was just yeah. so beautiful. So I'm excited to chat about it. What do we, what do we want to chat about? Well, it's interesting. The book itself is so beautifully written, right? Like Paulo Coelho is, a, I think, a poet who also writes books. And you can feel that poetry throughout. Like it's mm-hmm. very, one, quotable. I think if you like pulled this thing out, you'd just be like highlighting it. Because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yep, there's a lot to unpack there. Yep, there's a lot to unpack there. It kind of made me think about being in, I don't know, like middle school and high school where you'd be reading these like, really well-written books and they'd say okay we're just gonna break down this sentence we're gonna everybody's gonna just break it down in different ways or like do these different things and i feel like the book itself is super dense if you allow it to be Mm. or it can be very like straightforward if you allow it to be and i think you're gonna get a good experience either way but what i found out in like googling the book is that people either love or hate it which is fascinating to me because I have only ever been around people who loved the book. So that gives me a little bit of concern that I'm surrounding myself with maybe too insular thinking a little bit. But I can't believe that there's such a polarizing view on it. What's What causes the polarity, do you think? Here's the thing with the book. It's very spiritual. And mm-hmm. I think it, it has a lot to do with things being interconnected it has a lot to do with the idea that that spirituality and and a lot of things have impacts there's i I don't know and i think i think if you're open to that and you want to acknowledge that and want to believe in that i think this book resonates with you i think if you're very much a determinalistic person Mm -hmm. who believes that everything is is fated Mm-hmm. and it, you're just stuck going down a path, uh, I think that's probably where you look at it and you go, no, this is all junk. Yeah, where you have more of a cynical view. Well, maybe we should back up. I remember when so many people had told me to read this book before I'd actually read this book, and I had a preconceived notion of what this book would be about. I was like, I thought it was a nonfiction book, which is hilarious because it's not. It's a fiction book. And yep. I expected it to be like some like self-helpy kind of crap based on who was recommending it to me. Rami, what is this book actually, like, what is the story of this book? Like, what is it actually about? Okay, so it's about a shepherd who has these dreams about his um, his destiny and his dreams. It's about him, like, finding this treasure. Mm-hmm. And so through a series of interactions with various people, including the, uh, the, the book's title character, The Alchemist, follows a very interesting path to find his treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to give it away. Like, there's so much that I want to give away, but I won't give it away. 
Oh, it just puts me all in the feels. So what's here for us to discuss a little bit, do you think? So I think where I want to run us through is the... I think I just want to take us through a little path of the quotes of the book. Um, The one I want to start with was... I think one that summarizes the book and we're talking about what the book's about. So I'll I'll say this one. It's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of times in this book where he interacts with people who tell him about their life dream, Mm. but why they won't achieve it and why they're not willing to achieve it. Mm. And I think those people are are put there purposefully for him to say, oh, like, that's the opposite of what I'm doing. Like, I see that that person maybe wanted to do X is now stuck doing Y, and they just have determined that fate has told them they're stuck doing Y. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk Disney for a minute. I promise it's related. Have you seen Tangled? Yes. Okay. So, like... The song Entangled, where she's... At first I see the light? No, no, no. Where she's like, where it's like all of the the big guys or whatever, and they're in the tavern and they're singing, I have a dream, I have a dream. And she's like, haven't you ever had a dream? And all of these, I don't know. I think like the equivalent would be like biker dudes in society Wait, today. Wait, hold on, Shannon. I think you're thinking of Brave. No, Entangled. When she has this dream of going to see the lanterns and they're in like the You're tavern. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's talking to these like. And they all get inspired in the movie. They, they, call them, they would call them thugs. I don't love that word, but whatever. Yeah. I think that's what they call them in the movies thugs. And, and she says to them, Haven't you ever had a dream? And they're like, Yeah, I had a dream. I had a dream. I wanted to like go be a singer on a famous stage and like all these things. And it's just such a beautiful scene. So I'm, I don't know. That parallel is coming up for me here of. Yeah, those people who have dreams, like it does give us all hope. I think maybe the the little like nuance that I would put on this is sometimes I think we can get latched on to thinking a dream needs to be grandiose. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't to still be a really powerful, beautiful dream. Like you don't have to have the dream of like, I want to go make a billion dollars and... Like, you could have a dream. Like, my dream right now is I want to build, like, this second, what I call the cathedral barn. I want to build this, like, retreat center at the farm and just have this beautiful, simple life. And it really appeals to me right now. But dreams in general are powerful. And I think this book shows us that. The journeys that they could take them on, whether we get to the dream or not. Yes. Um, the other part of the book, I think, that people would either resonate with or not resonate with is about trusting yourself and your intuition. Mm. So a quote that kind of helps summarize that is why do we listen to our hearts? The boy asked, because wherever your heart is, that is where you'll find your treasure, which I think is really interesting. And it, the whole book is about a kid trying to find his treasure. Now I think whether for you, that is a, literal treasure whether that is for you finding what brings you happiness i think it's all about like being willing to be open and listening to the world and spirituality and so i kind of want to continue this i'm going to bring up a quote shannon and i'll ask you some questions and we can kind of unpack them Mm -hmm. um but before we do that 
this book is is a lot about omens being open to seeing them and recognizing them. He even has a quote that says, every blessing ignored becomes a curse. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, when was the last time you saw an omen? Did you did you take it as a blessing or did you let it become a curse? Can we define omen a little bit more or like give an example from the book of when he saw an omen? Yeah, so um, the omens that he sees in the book are like very, very literal, I would say. Mm -hmm. So he's um, like contemplating the desert and he's looking out at it and trying to understand it. And um, he sees like two, two hawks fighting. And he goes, oh, oh yeah, like that. there's gonna be there's gonna be war. Like I need to go tell someone that there's war. And so he like starts trying to tell everyone that he's around, like, hey, there's going to be war. Someone's gonna attack us. Someone's gonna attack us. And he has to like really force himself to be committed to accepting that that is an omen, mm-hmm. because he gets to the point where he finally gets to the elders, and they go, okay, cool. You believe enough in this omen. If you're right, we'll give you gold for every ten people that we kill. If you're wrong, we're going to kill you. Yeah, 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 yep. I'm remembering that story of the two hawks now in the book. Yeah, so I, going back to your question of like, when is the last time I've seen an omen? I, uh, okay, we're going to get like real into my hippie hippie woo woo side. I feel like I see omens or signs or visions probably every damn day, if I'm being honest. Um, I think... Like, most recently, a really powerful one was I had this, like, vision in a meditation that somebody I used to work with was not well. And I just had this sensation. And so I reached out to them. and I was like, hi, how are you? I'm thinking about you. What's going on? Turns out he's going through a divorce. You know, like, there's just some, like, stuff happening there. So I do Mm -hmm. generally try to listen to it. I think the most powerful, what felt like an omen for me that I needed to change course was... I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but when I was at Target and I knew I was getting to a point of like, I already knew this wasn't right for me, but I was like resisting it. And literally five people died in five months, like a freaking clockwork. And it was like, I felt like God, universe, spirit, whatever spiritual belief system kept dropping these signs in my life mm-hmm. of showing me if you don't, it was like my sister's father-in-law passed away. And it was like, yeah, when's the last time you talked to your dad? Go talk to your freaking dad. Like, you don't make time for this shit because you're so obsessed with work. Or my um, my good friend's brother died in a freak single car accident. You know, like, when's the last time you talked to your sister? You're fighting with her right now. Why are you fighting with her? Or finally, it was a, a young woman that I went to high school with died of brain cancer. And it was just like continued omens or patterns that I I felt like for me were saying, you got to get off this path. Like if you don't fix this path, that is your destiny. So freaking clean up your life, lady, like get your priorities in order. What would you say, Robbie? I don't know. I think for me, it's always about like, I'm, I'm, I'm similar to you. Like if I feel something intuitively, like I'm going to follow it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of those things like take us down different paths. Mm -hmm. And I think um, what's really nice is when you go down a path and things kind of work out, I don't think you stop questioning about other paths, which is nice. I 
I don't know. I struggle with this one a lot because similar to you, like I think very little things can be omens. I think mm-hmm. very big things can be omens, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I feel yeah. like there's so many. Yeah. My gut. Well, this is a little bit me tipping my hand on how I've been doing a lot of exploring around feminine energetics or whatever. And like, I now have this belief or philosophy that us is okay. We're really getting here. Uh, we're going there. Are we? I think us as human beings, we're operating with five senses, but we really have more senses than that, mm-hmm. such as intuition, such as feeling, sensing things that we turn off at a certain point because of the patriarchy, if we call it what it is, that values like concrete facts, things that you can see. And so in that sense, yeah, I think I'm becoming an even bigger believer in omens or the feeling or the sensing or the knowing, like uh, you know, you can feel somebody's behind you, but you don't have eyes in the back of your head, you know, but you can just like sense it. How do we honor more of those things? Juicy, well, juicy. I, yes. Well, and I think to to own up and answer the question, I think leaving one of my previous roles was like such a difficult thing. But then it just felt like the world was saying like, this isn't this isn't the space for you. Mm. And then talking to people who are still there like a few months later everybody was like no it like got really weird after you left it was like okay cool like that feels like i took the omen at the right time because similar to yours like it was only going to become more literal in that like people were going to keep dying and i'm glad that you made the change because i'm thankful we didn't have the sixth month of a person dying and the seventh because you just were going to keep rejecting these omens (laughs) i don't know how quickly that was going to get to me but I'm glad, oh my that, I'm God, glad that you stopped it when you that. did. Yes, me too. Okay, me too. let's go on to the next one. Uh, we'll flip a little bit more positively here. So the quote is, and when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. So the thinking in the book is when you are trying to fulfill your destiny, the world and the universe will conspire in helping you achieve it. So my question for you, Shannon, is... When things are going well, how do we, one, realize that? And two, how can we make the most of it? Mm-hmm. I think, one, how do we realize it? <laughs> What's the thing that I feel like I'm a broken record on? Reflection. Like, reflection. That's a good thing. We should all do more of it. So I think that's thing one. Reflect. Like, allow yourself to absorb and soak it in in that sense. Uh, I think the other way that we can realize when things are going well is to dare to articulate a future vision that we're hoping for that we can come back to. And, but it's, I'm very sensitive to how I use that vision and how I see others use that vision. I don't use that vision as a, as a um, punishing measuring stick, if you will, but I do use that vision in the positive sense of helping me recognize like, holy crap, four years ago, you said you wanted to be in this space where you're coaching this many clients and you're working from home and you're, you're bopping around town, you're taking care of your kid. And now you have that. Wonderful. Like, let's appreciate it. Um, And then to your second question of how can we make the most of it? I think this goes back to a little bit of what I see in folks sometimes when we're coming into that, what I call the go for it chapter, where like you have all the things that you want and then you overextend, you know, Mm -hmm. like you try to push it too far, you burn yourself out and you like, it's like addiction in some ways, because it's like, it's such a good thing that you want more of a good thing. And so how I think limits can be really loving. So how do we support ourselves with some limits to say, I actually want to give myself space to 
enjoy this and savor this goodness versus continuing to charge and push for more and and burn myself out. How can I extend this cycle of goodness as long as I can? I like that because I think it's really about acknowledging, reflecting on that it's going well. Yeah. But realizing that it goes well because you haven't you haven't leached everything out of it. Yes. And like pushed 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 it past its limit. So I, I like that flip on it. What a good word of like leech. Yes. That's just like gives me such a visceral reaction. But yeah, we can become little bloodsuckers sometimes <laughs> and suck all the joy straight out of it. Okay, let's go to the next quote. So this one is there's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve, and that is the fear of failure. Which I think I think we talk about a lot. It's that that fear of of taking those small steps to make the big changes. And I think it it is it is scary, right? Like making a 180 degree change. I think if we think about I, I, I could name probably 30 of our previous podcasts where we talk about the the fear of change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think especially like about the like Michelle Obama's like the the pivots that she made, right? are all terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But being able to acknowledge that change is scary and knowing that you've, you've won, you've gone through a lot of change. So like kudos to you, like reflect on that and realize that like you've gone through terrifying change already. Mm -hmm. And that like the person that you are and the person you want to become is, is really written by those those fearful times and the fear of failure and and pushing through them and i think being willing to continue to not let that fear hold you back i think is really interesting yeah i think about a lot uh how many folks when they come to me and they're saying, I want to make a change. I want to make a change. I want to make a change. And then I ask, okay, like what are the behaviors you need to make a change? The number one thing that people usually say is I need to be more confident. I wish I felt more confident. And I really just like, it's really come through to me quite clearly recently that confidence is just so freaking overrated when it Mm -hmm. comes to making change. And I think what we actually need to support ourselves in overcoming the fears that are just inherent with the territory of change is compassion. Because if you have a deep practice of compassion, fear really starts to dissipate. Mm -hmm. Because whatever crazy shit you can well up in your mind that could go wrong, all of a sudden, like when you apply compassion to that, wrongness quote-unquote or that failure alleged failure that you might experience it's just like it evaporates compassion is just like the most epic defroster (laughs) in that sense of like the uh, the fear the ice buildup i.e the fear it just can't build up when we've got whatever the i'm thinking of airplanes that process of when they de-ice the plane like if you just freaking Put the compassion de-icer all over your body. <laughs> Man, like fear can't stick to it. It just can't. The I love that compassion. I'm going to double down with another C word, yeah. which is courage. Mm-hmm. And the best definition I've ever heard of courage, and I think we've talked about this previously, is courage is fear walking. So yeah, <laughs> I love that. 
it's not that people who are courageous lack fear. It's people who are courageous see fear and are still willing to approach it and are still willing to do those things. And yeah. I think with compassion and with courage, you can push forward and, and not let those things prevent you from achieving your goals. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that I send my emails, literally, ev- not every email I send, but most of like longer emails I send with courage and compassion. So I think those are like that. just like two underrated things. And it's my moment of check-in to say, am I operating with courage and compassion in this email? Like in this communication? Like I make myself type it every time. It's not a part of my email signature because it's my like moment of pause. Like, wait a second. Are these two things present here? Sidebar. Anyways, what's the next one no, you have I, for us? <laughs> I like this sidebar and I'm going to use it as a transition into our next one because yeah. I end all of my emails with make today great. I know you do. I love that. And I type it out every single time. So the next quote, which I promise the segue gets us there, (laughs) is I don't live in my past or my future. I'm only interested in the present. If you can concentrate always on the present, you'll be a happy man. Life will be a party for you, a grand festival, because life is the moment we're living now, i.e. make today great because today is right now. It's the present. So... It's interesting. I feel like so much of of everything that we read, that we see, that we talk to people, they always say like, hey, take a step back, appreciate what you have right now, and don't let the past, your past mistakes or your past successes or your future potential like cloud what you have right now. And I think it it is a hard thing to focus on, to to really be present takes a lot of focus and determination on allowing those things not to kind of overtake your your thoughts and your focus, which I think is so tricky. And honestly, I write it because I want to refocus on the day yeah. um, and the present. But I think that's one thing that we that I think as a society we struggle with, it's always like, well, I'm focused on the future, right? I got to, I got to achieve these things. I got to do these things Mm. without much of a focus on like the here and now. And I think 2020 was a big, big shakeup to try and get people to focus on the present. Yeah. Because we weren't allowed to do the things that we wanted to do anymore. We weren't allowed to leave and, and go and, and, and live the way that we want to. And I think that that's so interesting. Yeah. I found this song literally yesterday. Uh, These lyrics are coming to mind. It's softer by Kate Bollinger. And she says, it could all be so easy. If you would only let it be, it could all be so simple. If only you could find your mind at ease. And that just like hangs with me. I've listened to it on repeat pretty much ever since I found this song, truly by accident. I was just doing a Spotify search for soft and it came up and I thought, oh, what's this? This looks interesting. But I think that's the truth right there. Like life can feel so much more effortless if we just give ourselves permission to be with what is here. Now we sound like freaking Ram Dass. Like, let's. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, let's recap because I think we got there. So I think the big thing here is. If you are open to these things, if you're excited by these, I would say read the book. It's a short book. Mm-hmm. Um, you can listen to it. I think it's like two, maybe two and a half hours of a of a listen. Um, but it's it's just a really introspective book that 
if any of what we're saying is exciting to you, listen to it, mm-hmm. put it on your yearly list. Maybe Shannon will throw it out there and we'll see Shannon read it again here in a yeah, few months. You probably will. <laughs> um, okay. So back to tactical. I think when you see omens and opportunities, uh, really just be open to them and see if they might be the right next step. Don't push them away. Don't let them become a curse, but, but think on them and, and, and see if there is more to it, right? In the same way that Shannon had those five things happen to her, be open to the idea that those are the universe saying something to you. Mm-hmm. The second one is when things are going well, reflect, right? Reflect on, reflect all the time, but reflect so that you can see that things are going well and that you can appreciate it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you do keep pushing forward and trying to make use of that momentum, don't don't push it to the breaking point, right? Like find a way to leverage that momentum, but not overtake it and, and then kill it. Mm-hmm. The next one is Shannon's sign off, which is courage and compassion. So don't let the fear of failure stop you from achieving your dreams, right? Like have courage, have compassion and, and be willing to push past that fear. And then the last one, we'll use my email sign off, which is make today great. It's live in the present for happiness. Yeah. Oh, what a great book. I'm so glad you brought this one forth. We would love for you to join in the conversation on Instagram. How are you practicing living in the present? How are you overcoming fear right now in your life? Are you leveraging courage and compassion to do that? And maybe if you're a one star reader, I guess I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't think we want to know what the one star <laughs> Goodreads <laughs> readers of this book have to think. But if you want to share it, fine, that's fine too. <laughs> With that, I've been Shannon. And I've been Rami, and this has been Workplace Hugs. <laughs> <laughs>